0: It's C and Heart on WEEI. WEEI.
1: Save us as a favorite on the Odyssey app. And take Boston Sports Original everywhere you go. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes.
2: Oh, yeah. You know, and Jason Tatum was always reluctant to throw the lob to Grant. Grant has no problem throwing it up for a future MVP.
3: Jalen Brown has been amazing in this fourth quarter like yep. lately. <laughs> He's got 31. He gets the pass ahead. Martin back. He blows by him and dumps it. Jalen Brown, how you doing? You and Jalen you know, up there with Michael and Scotty and Kobe, Shaq in terms of those 30-point games each. And obviously a year ago, we're here asking you guys if you know you can even play together. It's,
2: now all of a sudden, you're kind of on that echelon with those guys. Crazy. You know, this time last year, y'all wanted to trade either one of us, and now you just said Mike and Scotty. So we're not as bad as you guys say we are, but we're not as good as Mike and Scotty. Yet. You know, were things any different in terms of Damon and the communications, things like that? You know, the only difference was Joe wasn't over there chewing off some gum.
3: People were trying to fathom how on the first third down of the
0: game, in such a key game in the 15th week of the season, there could be a play on which the two tight ends slam into each other. Went into
2: that play, we had a really, you know, play that we practiced and thought that, we, you know, we had a couple good options on it. You know, not the way you want to start, certainly from that aspect of it. One. Lay down. You know, when you have those plays kind of designed and, and dialed up, ready to go. So um, I was glad we got them fixed and we were able to execute them better in the second half. We obviously just, you know, we got to start better than that, though. Yeah, newsflash that I can find open receivers if they're not laying on the ground hurt
3: because Matt Patricia said both of you guys run 10-yard digs into each other. Fitzy and Hart
0: on WEEI. Boston Sports Original.
1: Hooray! Fitzy and Hart are back.
0: What are you, get, the four one three guy? <laughs> get excited,
1: you suck.
0: Get excited! I don't feel you. Can you enthous- feel the energy? No, I can't.
1: What the hell is wrong with you? It's ten oh four, and I think you've already been dumped out
4: been on in the show for thirty seconds. I been think in all, the show for you, separately. Had, you had, I can say all those words.
0: I don't know if I can say them as a
1: phrase. I don't think you're allowed to say them in succession together. And and well, you know I what? Can, in someone's general
0: direction. I asked Matt Patricia what to do, and he said, "Just say it." <laughs> So, therefore, I've learned don't take direction from Matt Patricia. Those
1: words ran into each other just like a couple of Patriots' tight ends on a key third down play. Good morning, everyone. We're back. It's the 15 Heart Radio program for Wednesday, December 28th, 2022. We're with you until 2 p.m. today here as we are dubbed the Midday Show. The Midday Guys. The Nooners. The Six Rings Guys. Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the telephone number. The socials at WEI, at fitzygfy and at jumbo heart. And of course, if you would like to communicate textually, you can hit us with just five simple numbers: three seven. <laughs> Ninety three seven. What's He's the text already off? He's clockwork. The four one three, or she, he, or she is clockwork. Within the B- combination, there and S- it's a brave new world, Andy. Andy Hot
0: sucks. How does he get the number of U's in sucks the same every time? He's it's probably, you know what? It's probably got it out. saved
1: maybe on like his notepad on his phone, and he just does like a cut
0: paste. Yeah, but he and or she, or whatever he and or she identifies as, more than as an Andy Hart hater is amazing in their consistency. It is. On every show, within the first four to five minutes, they come in. Would love to listen. I just can't stand that know-it-all bum-ass Andy Hart. He's awful. Won't listen if he's on, except you always listen.
1: Know-it-all know it bum-ass. That's oh, also, a one.
0: Got a eight six oh request for me to demonstrate the Brendan Staley pelvic thrust on air. Can I do that? Uh,
1: no one well, first of all, uh the air humps don't necessarily translate well to FM radio. What about Mike? Is, what is if the I Twitch stream up? live right now? Are we live on Twitch? That's that's definitely not it and it the, is the, not,
0: the, the, and that probably
4: up. would have gotten us banned.
0: Oh for what? If Brendan Staley can do it on freaking live national TV, well, then I, I can see, do it in a radio studio.
4: Well, uh, It's Brandon's. called the
0: cow something. I was stretching my hips. The cow something. Yeah, I was stretching my hips. Uh,
1: I don't think he knew. Now, he was doing it on the field at Finalist Banner Field, uh, a.k.a. Lucas Oil Stadium. I don't think he was, I don't think he intended to be filmed, or did you think that that was like it a guy? It was look at me. Guy like, that was that a look at me moment?
0: Oh, my God. It could not have been a more look at me. Look at me. I do yoga before the game. It gets me in my relaxed position to go forward on fourth down and Waste three years of Justin Herbert's career. This is what analytics do, bro. Yeah. Doing. Like,
1: get out of and here. And a lot of people, the funny thing was there were a lot of people that came to his defense either on, you know, Robert Griffith, RG3's feed, ESPN's, mine, wherever, where people were just, you know, caption this, troll that, look at this guy, pay attention to me. And there were a lot of folks coming in like, oh, uh, that's a common backstretch, bro. Yeah, like, exactly. really? I'd like, whenever I stretch my back. I don't get down in front of the potential viewing audience of 10 million people on the sidelines of a football field and start humping the air.
0: Oh, are you telling me that there's a tunnel, a locker room, various coaches' rooms, dressing rooms that he could have done that in, but no, he chose to do it like a true hardo, which I should embrace because I am exactly. a bit of a hardo, but I don't like his hard-oness. It's you don't like are you not a fan of uh,
1: like everything that he does, everything he stands for, the entire idea of all analytics all new age coaching who he like nothing about him says like football coach
0: to me absolutely not and that's why they're not that good that's why they underachieve every year despite having a very talented quarterback with a very talented roster I think you can argue my theory from yesterday top five QB top five roster they're close in both I don't know if they're in the top five in either but they're pretty damn close in both and guess what they've done nothing with it so what 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 could you, Are they what successful does? in spite of their coach, you think? Yes, 100%. 100%. All right, so let's play
1: radio then. What would – okay, honestly, what would Bill Belichick, the coach, not Bill Belichick, the general manager, or 19 other jobs, what would Bill Belichick, the coach, do with these lost San Diego Chargers? Win the I Super told? Bowl.
0: You think so? Absolutely. That's why I think if you fire him or he quits, he should immediately go to Vegas, I mean uh, L.A., and pull a Brady and win the Super Bowl, and now, oh, it's on – Brady and Belichick both have Super Bowls with other star-studded teams where they just showed up and Phil Jackson did to buff up their resumes. And then who are we left with as
1: head coach? Steve? Uh, May- actually, Gerard Mayo, who we'll get to a little bit later. Yesterday there was uh, multiple Patriots coaching availabilities. Uh, we heard from Matt Patricia, who you heard just a – uh, just an amuz bouche Just a little appetizer of the word salad That he served the audience yesterday During his availability I actually watched that yesterday, Andy In the afternoon after our show And then I watched it late at night As I was doing the show rundown for today's program I fell asleep twice It's a 12-minute clip I literally fell asleep twice
0: Well, you know, maybe you're overworked and underpaid
1: <laughs> Sounds like I worked <laughs> Or you passed out Were you drunk? Nope, you haven't started your uh, what is it? My no, my, my the dry time, my little like the, super Super Bowl to St. Patty's.
0: Brendan Staley was dry time. That was a little dry hump.
1: Yeah, no, that was a uh, yeah. That's a, that's a he good should have been fined though. Remember the- they
0: used to count the thrusts when guys did that after touchdowns. You could like gyrate three times and a fourth time you got humped or something and Dion branch got one for i think his first game back against the ravens you used to be fined if you did the they humping. counted a number so yeah, we're talking
1: were, like they had like network tv sensors yes
0: like you know how remember when the uh sex toy was thrown on the field in buffalo and sex you could object, say yes. the other word for it but only like three times per hour under fcc rules the fourth time would be a fine Wait, who was setting this george carlin uh, Actually, I know. no, he railed against the entire Yeah, he railed idea, against, the no, no, the no, no it's yeah. the man keeping us the seven down. Di-
1: this, seven, the seven dirty words, right. Um, didn't that just come to be known as the Bildo, so that way we could work our way around it and give it a little portmanteau that
0: was uh I also never understood that. Like like that. Things like that are okay. Yeah, it's a clever name. Like hole. You're allowed to call right. us that. Well, I, it, it's, it's the listen, word. If I can it's hear in it. The
1: Oxford English Dictionary. I'm gonna feel free to say it on the way. I didn't say Urban Dictionary. I said OED.
0: Or like when they bleep the F word, and you're like, "But I heard basically all of it." You kind of took out the uh, but I heard, I know exactly what but that I heard was in the, <laughs> <and> the K. <laughs> yeah, like I I heard. Even my kid would know exactly what you said. Like the rules are just so stupid. Either get rid of the whole damn thing and don't let anybody use that phrase, those words, those letters, or you know, let us speak freely. Uh, by Clearly the way, Coast Johnson.
1: <laughs> <laughs> by the way, Andy, I'm not sure uh, producer Nick LePan doing an excellent job. So if you give a call, say hi to Nick and wish him happy holidays. Uh, he's with us today, tomorrow, and Friday as well. Uh, I'm not sure, if, uh, Nick, if you have this clip just yet. But uh, last night, uh, obviously a big Celtics win. We'll get to what that meant in just a second. And I think what was so key to that win, uh, and in another. Speaking of accidentally swearing or just swearing and not really caring on the air, there was some tremendous language used last night by a Celtics player who everyone is, you know, paying due props and lots of sports center like respect to the to the Jays, the new Scotty and Michael, if you will. But I think the return to form of another player was key for last night and is huge for the Celtics run going forward.
2: But, uh, yeah, so he actually uh, hit me with a basketball the other day. and As soon as I hit him back, he was like, all right, we even, <laughs> we even. <laughs>
0: Time Lord dropped an MF bomb live I mean, on NBC Sports Boston. I don't think West. I know it's cable and all, but I don't think that's okay. I, it's definitely not okay. It's Christmas week. <laughs> Yippee-ki-yay,
2: Mr. Falcon. Yeah, he should have at least oh, done a Mr. It. Falcon.
1: Yeah. He's like, okay, Mr. Falcon, it's on. Like, you got to know better than that. And by the way, real quick, before I even get to my new favorite player in all sports, I mean, he's already one of my favorite athletes. Um... What is up? Can you please explain to me what is up with all of these athletes now referring to reporters? Uh, More often than not, again, brave new world. You know, we shouldn't have to necessarily worry about um, sexual designations or whatever else. But, like, why does every athlete call every reporter man? Like, I think during his interview last night after the game, Time Lord, must have referred to Abby Chin as like, yeah, man. They must have said it like ten times.
0: That seems inappropriate in this day and age of identity and identification.
1: Yeah, I don't. I I have no gender issues or worries about that at all. But he's like, yeah, man. You know, we did like like just. You don't have to say Miss or Misses or you don't have to ask for a prefix beforehand or how they would choose to be referred to. But it's just like everyone's doing it now. Every every athlete is like, you know, man, uh, we just you know, we gotta stay together. We gotta keep it together. It's hundred percent, it's a team effort. Like and here's
0: like this five foot two tiny female (laughs) next to them and just going, Yeah, bro. I haven't noticed that, but uh, it doesn't surprise it it doesn't actually refer to a man. That's what I'm guessing. It's It's just just sort of it's just sort of a thing. It's kind of a filler. Yeah, it's
1: just kind of a thing. Yeah, man. It's a man. But uh, Man, my favorite, uh, my favorite athlete currently in at least the NBA, if not maybe all sports, uh, definitely my favorite basketball player who doesn't wear a Celtics uniform is Luka Doncic. Who had I don't know if you saw highlights of the Mavs Knicks game yep. last night? The crazy shot he hit at the end of regulation helped helping the Mavs pull out a massive win last night. Uh, Luka had sixty one point. He had a triple double. I think it was like sixty one points, twenty one rebounds, ten assists. Like yes, a game for the literally a game for the ages like maybe they should put those sneakers in springfield because like that is legitimately an all-time game for an nba player but producer nick if you have his quick little post game interview that i wanted to play i think luka doncic spoke for all of us immediately after the game
0: thank you well. Luca, luka it's never been done in nba history a 60 point 20 rebound triple double 60 points 20 boards never it never happened baby how's it feel right now i'm tired as
3: hell
1: <laughs>
0: You can rest later. You're young.
1: I need a recovery beer. Luka Doncic says, I need a recovery beer. That's my guy. That's I my mean, guy. Is there anyone who speaks for all of us more? Is there anyone Larry Bird would literally want to pass the mantle of great shooter onto? Like Larry Bird, famous for putting away enough beers to make even Wade, Bo- Wade Boggs blush. To make I'm tired
2: as hell. I need a recovery beer.
0: You know it's scientifically accurate too, right? Like it's proven. Yes. You, you dump a little salt in a light beer is one of the best recovery drinks you can have.
1: Yeah, there are actually beverage companies that make these sort of like four and a half percenters with like lime and sea salt in them, which is kind of perfect. True story. Um, my pediatrician from the end of high school through college uh, was the son of a famous author, um, uh, Kurt Vonnegut's son, believe it or not. And uh, he used to tell me, uh, when I would go meet up, and he's like, uh, So you, you do sports and stuff? You know, what do you like? Yeah, sometimes I play basketball and track team. He's like, Yeah, listen, uh, whenever you finish a workout, don't have a Gatorade. He's like, oh, really? He's like, Yeah, that's just sugar and garbage. Just call him Chuck Miller Light. It's fine. I'm the healthiest man alive. I'm <laughs> so recovered. Years, turns out 10 years later, uh, that doctor went to rehab. Yeah, I'm not surprised. <laughs> All right, we'll talk about a big Celtics win last night. We will get into what in the holy Hades the Red Sox are doing. I don't get it, Andy. I'm surprised Bradfoe was even able to get out of bed, let alone compose himself and host the morning show today. He would be so depressed over the state of Red Sox nation. Yes, there were some coaching availabilities yesterday in Foxborough. We'll continue to break down the interesting information given to us yesterday by Tommy Kern, as well as figure out just how the Patriots are going to prepare themselves for the Dolphins on Sunday. We might start dabbling in some end-of-year topics like resolutions, best-of lists, all that kind of stuff. It's the Holiday Week Hump Day Show with Fitzy and Hart here on WEEI
0: your home of the Sox. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI.
4: Trending now is brought to you by a weekend 180 weight loss. The Celtics, they beat the Rockets 126-102 last night. Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum had 39 and 38 points respectively. The Seas host the Clippers tomorrow night. The Bruins, they lost to the Ottawa Senators 3-2 after a shootout last night. They got goals from Jake DeBrusque and Pavel Zaka. Alex DeBrinket scored the lone shootout goal. The Bees are back in action tonight as they head to New Jersey to play the Devils. Puckjaw for that one is at 7.30. Two now former Red Sox pitchers have signed elsewhere as Rich Hill signed with the Pirates on a one-year deal and Nathan Uvalde signed a two-year deal with the Rangers. NFL news, Tua Tonga has re-entered concussion protocol for the third time this season. His status for Sunday's game against the Patriots is now in doubt. The Washington Commanders have benched Taylor Heineke to go back to Carson Wentz, and J.J. Watt announced yesterday that this will be his last NFL season as he plans to retire. Don't miss Gresh, Razor, and Milbury Tuesday, January 2nd from 10 to 2 broadcasting on location at Timeout Market in Fenway just down the street from Fenway it's the it's going to be classic on Boston Sports Original W E E I, and that's what's trending now on WEI and wei.com
1: here to fill your head
0: with thoughts about sports Fitzy and hard. <laughs> Middays. <laughs> Do you not take your medicine this morning or something? I am sports
1: punch drunk at this point. I think I'm I think what has happened. It's Fitzy and Hart here on WEEI. You can give us a call at 617-779-7937. Literally everything is on the table. We'll be talking a little Red Sox today. In just moments, we're going to start tearing into the front office with our frustrations from the inactivity over the Fenway offseason. A little bit of Celtics will get splashed in. Of course, because you know you got the six rings boys, we're going to talk plenty of Patriots as well. And, hey, if there's a little something national or end of year on the table, feel free to go ahead and just drop it on by the show anytime. 37937 is the text number as well, at FitzyGFY, at Weei and at JumboHeart. Sometimes you just, like, even when you are a diehard sports fan, even when you can't consume enough content, even when you know you are mired in the middle of, something that has been uh, annoying, frustrating, and could be so much better like this particular Patriots team, like this Patriots season, you hit these speed bumps where you kind of just end up in content, uh, opinion, uh, take overload, if you will, and you almost need something to like sort of like set and refresh your perspective on things. And I think I just sort of hit like peak sports take this morning. And sometimes, I mean, listen, even for people who just live, eat, sleep, and breathe this stuff, Andy... I think sometimes we sort of like hit that junk. It's a lot, you know, you know, multiple teams to talk about end of year topics, the holidays, like, you know, sometimes you just want to like have a little, a little brain, a little brain drain. Sometimes it's nice to have those like moments where you can just like filter out and then like get a fresh perspective on things. And sadly, uh, a lot of the things that you and I end up talking about are not in a great state of affairs. And every now and again, you get a little, uh, a little radiation sickness from just constantly like, oh, Patricia sticks. Oh, what is Belichick doing? Oh, Mac Jones can't read any
0: defenses. Oh, he doesn't have time to throw. You know what I mean? Well, there's always the Celtics. I watched that last night, sat down, had a Miller Lite, watched some Celtics, and uh, really enjoyed myself. The J-team, looking good. 30-30 games. The quote from Tatum. We're not as good as Mike and Scotty. Yet. Ooh, oh Oh. Oh. That tickled my fancy a little bit when he said yet. And I'm not always the biggest Jason Tatum supporter, but the fact that they've been doing ridiculous things, Brown and Tatum, so far to start the season. And now we're talking about... Forget about just All-Stars, Andy. They could be... Could you
1: see them as tandem All-Pros this season?
0: No, no, All-NBA. And, uh, you know, who's rooting for that would be uh, Jalen Brown because it adds, like... $100 $100 million to his super max.
1: Oh, can he, is there something beyond Supermax? Is there like ultra max? Whatever
0: it is, he can get it with an all NBA top 15 finish and it it literally makes him a $50 million a year player on his next contract extension, um, which I'm fine with because if that's, you know, with the Celtics is the only place he can get that. So if both of those guys are riding high on their super max extensions with the Celtics, that's good news for the future. But in all seriousness, they're fun. They're like potentially on the road towards doing special things this season and beyond the plan is coming to fruition before our eyes time lord is back out there getting every rebound giving them second chances like joe missoula misses the game because he's got some weird eye infection players didn't even know it until the opening lineups were uh, being announced and
1: whatever did you hear that like that was fascinating there were a lot of little missoula topics therein as well and I Part of me wonders, or at least now, it hasn't exactly been the stiffest competition, though they did take care of the Bucks on Christmas Day. Now, critics of the way things went down will say, well, once again, the Celtics beat the Bucs with no Chris Middleton. So what's the big deal? Like, I want to see both teams at full. So should, know, they full like, nah, yeah. should they have not have played like, no, we're not going to play. Why don't we both off?
0: just take the day off? Like uh, Snoopy's Christmas song, right, where they take that little truce. No, nah, we're not going to play today. We're just going to land our planes and sit here and have a cocktail. Like, no, the game was scheduled. You played the game and you kicked their butts. What else right? are you supposed to do?
1: Yeah, you can, only, you can only play the game that you're assigned. You can only go to battle with the people that you have. Like, it's not anyone's responsibility or fault. Like, oh, sorry, guys. You know what we'll do? Oh, Chris Middleton's not there. Hey, Brogdon, um, yeah, smart, sit down. We're gonna, you, we should play even strength. We're going to spot you a good player. Like, that's not how it works. That would be interesting,
0: actually. But it would be, wouldn't it? If you had to stack your players before the season, and then if the other... It's sort of like headsets in the NFL. If one bench's headsets go out, both benches have to stop using them. So you rank your players to start the season. So Mm -hmm. it's like Tatum, Brown, Time Lord, Smart. And then if your number three is out, then they need to sit their number three based on however you ranked them to start the... You just stumbled idiotically onto something fascinating.
1: I just, I just stumbled onto something. I would like to introduce a new segment here on the midday show with Fitzy and Hart. It's called "New Rules" or I'll, "Our Rules." Deal with them, because I've long opined for uh, the worst team in the NFL to play the college football champion just for fun in a charity game. And get I've always wanted smoked the college football one. I that would be that would be awesome. I'd I'd watch the blank out of that game. Relegation. Uh, Relegation in pro sports in America would be spectacular. Look how good it is and look how bad it could potentially be for teams in the EPL It keeps that makes people play down to the final whistle here It's like, you know, let's put in Curtis Painter so we can get Andrew Luck like you shouldn't be rewarded for sucking You shouldn't be rewarded for crapping the bed. You shouldn't be rewarded for tanking or setting your season asunder like that's not cool so if if relegation were introduced and two or four teams got sent either to the USFL or the XFL, I would be all for it. And now, if in the NBA, let's say a start, at the start of every season, Andy, you get, let's call it like two, you get two even Steven clauses or like two times a year you're allowed to play the, uh, hey, one of your guys has to sit down. Like the Milwaukee goes into the Christmas Day game, like Chris Middleton can't play. That's too bad for you. Yeah, well, we're using our UNO card that says that we get to take one of your best players off. And uh so Brogdon can't play.
0: Ooh, I like the Uno idea. The one where you switch hands. We're actually going to take <laughs> your team.
1: <laughs> oh. T- yeah, uh, so yeah. All right, so there's an Uno deck. Yeah, and you can do reverse squads. And so now, so now the Bucks get the sell.
0: Okay, <laughs> we're we're definitely losing our minds only a half hour into a 4-hour uh, shift. This is uh- <laughs> Uh, and it's not the dumbest thing I've heard. I, it's actually yeah. fun. I mean, it's happened when the was it the Rams Cardinals traded teams. They just flat out traded rosters and and swapped and moved on. Um so you know, we can talk about these. The one thing I've never understood, and I don't know if you know enough about this to answer this accurately. I'm gonna guess no, but um, sensitivity training. the oh, I, I know that. I did mine yesterday on uh, online. So the what are the financial ramifications in soccer? for actual relegation. Do they have TV contracts you lose Massive. your share and then yes. drop down and you get like the lower league share. So yep. if you were the, you know, uh Panthers or whoever, the Texans and you get relegated to the mm-hmm. XFL, you go from cutting a check for 200 million dollars to Ten million dollars? No, no, you probably two million two million. And so the Whatever.
1: infrastructure of the team—you don't have—you're you not in the same draft portal. You don't have as much money to sign the elite players. Hmm. You don't like everything goes down, and you have to basically then start using. You don't have four star restaurant money anymore. Now all of a sudden you've got corner
0: diner money, and you've you got to have a slush fight. You got to have like an emergency. Like we're going to have to live off this for a while because till we can get back up into the big leagues where mm-hmm. we'll get our big paychecks again. Huh. It's really interesting because I've never it th- is. Like the, I think it's. I've long been fascinated by the
1: idea of relegation. How, how damning it must be when it actually happens to you. But then at the same time, like how unbelievably rewarding it is to, after a couple of seasons off, going back from just being like a scrapper club league team, getting your way, cutting your way back into the EPL. Like it's huge. It makes these teams compete. Even if like the the title for the EPL is long since secured by Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City, Man U, etc. You've got all these teams like Crystal Palace and Brighton, et cetera, always playing to the very end because they don't want to end up in the bottom and get kicked to the curb and have some other club league team take their place, and now they're languishing in the the veritable EPL equivalent of the USFL or the XFL. I've often thought developmental and feeder leagues like that just help help each other
0: stay competitive, raise the bar, raise the level of talent, and I wish the NBA did so as well yeah you know who I wouldn't want to be in this scenario because I actually think it's it's not really that hard for players and coaches you show up and play your sport. Mm-hmm. It's like the accountants and the lawyers and everybody behind the scenes that you
1: know, marketing people
0: yeah, like deal with a totally different like yeah we were in the NFL last year now we're in the uh, USFL and just like that you go from everything. having one
1: of those giant digital billboards on ninety three heading into the city. To all of a sudden,
0: you've got someone like flying windshield, right? Like, think of the, the the ops guy. So, your budget to travel this year is ten million dollars. So, you're booking all the best hotels, all the mm-hmm. best charter flights. This the next year, you're like, how much do I have? A hundred k for the whole season? Oh my god, we're staying at the lowest of low hotels. Like, we're right. like flying coach. We're d- we're those are Red people. Place or right. Hyatt Roof or those, something like I was going to be yeah. careful just in case any of them are sponsors. I was That's just why saying, I made oh, sure to merge brand names kay? and didn't actually call up one. So you could specific. offend more than one at, at one time. Good, <laughs> Well the, done. Well played. Did I not say at the start of the show, like every show, we are equal opportunity offenders? Okay. Uh, but we did have one. And see, I think this is a ridiculous discussion we're having. But we did have uh, the 413 chime in with, if you guys continue down this rabbit hole, and I'm thinking, oh, this isn't going to end well. He says, "This is must listen radio for the rest of my day." <laughs> so that's somebody Excellent. who actually loves the rabbit hole that we're I in. I like
1: a little bit. I like a little bit of like a squirrel moment, rabbit hole, sports palate cleanser type of thing. Because yes, okay, we well, can sit here and tell you, like, hey, bro, you know, um, Andy, you know, seventy-seven points scored between Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. Obviously, they have righted the wrongs of their three-game swoon when they lost two back to back at home to Orlando, and then a shocker where they were booed off the floor against the Pacers. Though they are feasting off inferior content, it'll be interesting to see what happens when they play the Clippers tomorrow night. Yes, I said it. I just said it in an annoying jockey sports voice. We'll continue to talk some Celtics during the day. I see there are already calls lined up about the Celtics. That's great. I just don't want to have to always spoon feed everything in regularity and in like a content order. The way that people expect it. Like the part of the fun of us being the midday fill ins is that sometimes we're gonna need to do a little something off key, off kilter, or down the rabbit hole of sports radio
0: to keep ourselves. So what's more realistic? The Uno style matching of rosters Mm -hmm. or relegation. I'm gonna guess relegation, even though It seems far-fetched and unrealistic this side of the pond since it actually exists a half a world away in big-time professional sports. You could make it happen if you wanted to. And I don't think it's as ridiculous as we might think. Like, if you said 10 years ago that a player was going to get paid a million dollars as a quarterback to go to Ohio State, never play, and then transfer to Texas with a million dollars in his back pocket, you would have been like... What are you talking about? The NCAA would never allow that. That'll never happen. Now it's the NIL world where money rules, Mm -hmm. and we're well on our way to a playoff system that I was told, oh, can't work, never work, it's football, you can't do it, blah, blah, blah. So massive changes in our sports world are, are more realistic today than we thought they were a decade ago. You tell me, Andy. If Robert Kraft, Jonathan Kraft, the
1: Kraft industry would suffer some of the ineptitude or the frustrations of the way things have gone in recent year in Foxborough, if they knew you could go from the gold standard of American sports, North American sports, period, Sean Spicer voice, period, let alone the NFL, to all of a sudden like, hey, do this for one more year, there's a chance you guys are going to be the premier franchise of the XFL. How would ticket prices work? Uh, Ticket prices were... I don't think people even have to worry. You don't have to worry about that. Andy, do you know how much tickets we're going for on Christmas Eve? Now, I know, again, it's Christmas Eve, freezing cold. People thought the team was checked out. We've heard callers even this morning. I heard Bradvo taking a call at 930 today, uh, a loyal diehard-like saying that they had already checked out on the season as well, and they were done with this team. You and I have been hearing this time and time again on the radio, on the podcast, in the socials. What do you think the franchise would say if people called in or rather like the listenership was saying like no I'm really done with this number one and number two the league said you guys are one season away from being sent to the minors for a while I mean ticket prices on christmas eve Yeah but that was christmas secondary TV. market I'm talking about actual ticket prices Oh no you ha- oh they they plummet they go So you're the, a season ticket holder
0: spending your 3500 the next year you're spending 350 <laughs>
1: Yeah, you're spending. You go from spending like thirty five hundred to like seven hundred dollars. Bad
0: news. You're not hosting the Joe Burrow. Was... You're hosting some quarterback you've never heard of.
1: It was for, uh, Yeah, it was forty nine. It was forty nine dollars to get in the door at Gillette on Christmas Eve. Forty nine dollars. So relegation. I don't hate it.
0: Where would we Pretty be relegated to? Wild topic, right? <laughs> yeah,
1: we're <laughs> we're already doing the
0: holiday hump Midday holiday <laughs> fill in. What's below this? Uh,
1: nights. All right, to the oh, phones we go. I'm joking. Oh, a little self humor goes a long way. All right, to the phones we go. We have a hodgepodge of call. See, I like this. Today feels like, you know what? Today feels like the kind of day where I just wanna like, you know, I'm gonna have uh, I'm gonna eat some breakfast for lunch, I'm gonna have some dinner for breakfast, like a little bit of everything here. It's a variety midweek grab bag type of show. Uh what did they call it? They called it a what if Wednesday on the previous iteration of the midday program. Um I'm going to call it sometimes another radio station calls it the agenda free Friday, free form Friday. I'm going to call this a whatever Wednesday, whatever works Wednesday. How about that Hart? Whatever. Okay, perfect. To the phones. We go line one. Matt is in Rhode Island, friend of the show. He wants to talk about Jason Tatum and
2: the Celtics. Good morning, Matt. Hey, good morning, guys. You guys have been steady on the grind since last week. Um, yeah, you know doing great, man. Doing great work. And I, I, I prescribe you re- any re- as many recovery beers as you want. Okay, thanks. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have that a that couple of Lucas thing.
1: this afternoon. Absolutely.
2: <laughs> Luca, my my daughter wears 77. All sports. So it's, we love Luca. Oh, nice. Anyway, um, yeah, of course it's the Jays with the Celtics, but um, it, you know it's gonna come down to other players. And my my guy, Marcus Smart, he's averaging over seven assists. Um, yep. I think he's really like coming into his. Uh, kind of second career, you know, maturity wise. Um, he still has that, he still has that flair like he did on, uh, Christmas night. So, if you, you saw, you got, uh, got into it with the bench a little bit, but that's, that's Marcus and that's the energy, that's the energy he's going to bring. But as far as efficiency on the, on the floor, if he's this kind of efficient going forward, um, I I don't think they're gonna be beat. I think they kinda of lapse you know when they play the Orlando's. No no excuses, but you know, they just don't get they don't get up for those games like they do against the guys who you know you're gonna get up for, you know what I'm saying? So um, you know, I, I love the team and I, I love what Missoula's doing. He's just kinda of, um you know, not making it about himself. I, I know the guy can right. coach. I you know, I, I just love the team. Thanks, guys.
1: Thank you, Matt. I appreciate Matt. the call, brother. Um yeah, it was really interesting last night. Um, in Again, like the the biggest positive I was trying to divine, Andy, from the three-game losing streak, the back-to-back at home against Orlando, and then Indy, which was just still a head-turner, was, okay, so Joe Missoula is going to have to like get grabbed by the ankle and dipped into the river at some point to become galvanized and impervious to all the slings and arrows of Boston sports media and a rabid fan base, and he's also going to have to learn how to handle timeouts, manage the talent on his team. Figure out what to do in times of adversity, especially against a team that you may have thought, uh, I don't know, let's go Belichick and Patriots versus Chicago Bears on Monday Night football style that you would handle without even a single worry or a care, focusing more on is it going to be Mac or Bailey or, or Zappi or Mac or whatever else. So there could be some positives that come from the negatives there. I'm just curious, do you think Celtics fans like the diehards, those that are just like totally locked on green, right, the green teamers? Do you think they attribute the Celtics' rise over the last couple of seasons more towards things like Time Lord playing world-class all-NBA defense? Is it Marcus Smart elevating his game by maturing and becoming less selfish and becoming more team-oriented, like Matt just pointed out, becoming a defensive Nat? And also, he's always been great on defense, but focusing on that and the assists more than on like the heat checks and having to be a scoring option? Or is it just the fact that, like we saw last night, J&J can go off for 77 any given night.
0: Yeah, I think it's that. I think you have to give the organization some credit here for their vision. And I always go back to this Wick Grossbeck talking about the pillars of the next 10 years. And now they're like two years since he said that. And these look like the pillars of the next 10 years. Yeah, would you be as good without Time Lord? No. or smart? But you have two stars that you're talking about arguably the best tandem in the in basketball right now and as we heard in our open comparing it to to great tandems that are doing cuz there's all these tandems that can do it occasionally this this these guys are putting like 30-30 regularly like it's just okay 20-20 is a given they're going to get 20 and 20 but on some nights many nights they're going to get 30 and 30 so yes i think it starts with the star power and their relationship and mm-hmm. you know Tatum joking about oh, a year ago you guys wanted to trade one of us and we couldn't play together yep. and now they're looking like on they're on track to be a historic tandem not just for this organization but in the NBA. Yeah,
1: pretty impressive. 126-102 is the final last night J and J go off for a combined 77 points. But again, I think uh it just it bears to be mentioned and mentioned once again how important Robert Williams is when the time lord is healthy look and i know it's the rockets they're 10 and 24 in the season they got some really good young talent on that team by the way kmart junior and especially jalen green these guys can green is an excellent basketball player who's going to be something to be spoken of for a while to come but when you can get the time lord playing that kind of defense and he gives you 15 rebounds in 21 minutes oh, yeah. and also dumps it dumps in 11 points like that's that's what they're missing a healthy robert williams and you know that's just sort of like saying, yeah, if I was six, you know, if I was six inches taller Andy, I could dunk a basketball, but if he can stay healthy, if he can give you efforts like that, whether it's against low, low level team, relegation worthy teams like the Rockets or some of the elite teams like the Bucks, that to me makes the difference in going from yeah, the Sellers can make it back to the conference finals to let's run it back in the NBA finals. And this time I think they have a chance.
0: Yeah, no, his health and, and I'm just going to choose to be optimistic and buy into their theory that. Taking care of the knee before the season and taking it, the the approach they have taken is going to allow him to be what he needs to be when it matters come spring and summer.
1: Exactly. So they took a, and and the thing is the offense carried them. They didn't play elite defense to start the season. They shot the lights out and they benefited from that significantly. Got off to that white hot start. They're twenty five and ten right now. Things are trending in the right direction. Another one of those UNO cards I would love to play, Andy, and we're going to catch a break, and when we come back, I love seeing that we've got calls on the Celtics, calls on the Red Sox, and calls on Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Another thing I would love to have, you only play, obviously, teams from the Western Conference once a season, uh, twice a season, rather, Once, once at home and once on the road. Part of me wishes, like, I don't want to have to wait until the end of the year for the Celtics to play the Warriors again. You know what I mean? Like, because the Warriors are the team that's in their head, once the Celtics get full, I wish they could, like, once Steph Curry gets healthy, I want to see them play again. That, so you, lo- that loss a couple weeks ago is still stuck in my craw. That is like a corn niblet in my teeth. It I can't get it out until, you know, visiting the dentist or proverbially playing again. Like, I really want to see them
0: play again. See, I kind of like it where you get limited exposure because then it sets up a traditional, like, playoff run and hump to get over. And the Warriors are their hump to get over, like, down the, down the road. So it, that, that doesn't bother me as much. You know, it's like the idea that, oh, it should be Christmas every day. No, Christmas should be special. And you're going to really enjoy it when you whoop the Warriors. Now, we'll see what the Warriors are <laughs> come late in the season because they're a terrible road team and they're not exactly uh, cruising towards uh, defending their title uh, right now with Curry Hurt and everything that's going on with them. But I kind of like that. I kind of like the separation like the the watering down of like uh you, you know, interleague play in baseball and this whole like play everybody. I don't know. Maybe I'm just too traditionalist. That's why I think the goalposts should go back on the goal line. That's why they call them goal posts.
1: Six one seven 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 nine seven ninety three seven is the telephone number. It's Fitzian and Hart here, middays with you on W E E I. A couple of icky thumps talking sports nice. on a Wednesday. Fitzy and Hart here on the Midday Show and W E I will be with you today, tomorrow, Friday. We'll be on the afternoon show on Monday. We'll be on night. We're everywhere. We're, wherever sports radio needs to be spoken of, wherever random relegation topics, Bill Belichick bashing, Celtics praise, Red Sox inquiries, and so much more are to be had, you know your guys are up there on that wall because you need us up on that wall Uh, when we went to break andy we were talking a little bit of the celtics golden state the key to success for the celtics as well Uh, i i agree that obviously long-term health of j and j is the most the the most key component to the celtics health but i still think it's the little things that helped them begin that turnaround last year marcus smart deciding to play the point Marcus Smart playing better defense, Marcus Smart being less selfish, Robert Williams ascending and evolving into one of the best defensive players in the league. And we saw how difficult it was for them to compete and keep up and run that high level defense last year with Ime Odoka, now obviously Missoula, when Time Lord wasn't healthy. Um it just makes a it just makes all the difference in the world because I don't think any other team can trot out someone out there like him, except for maybe, you know, a Minnesota with a Rudy Gobert like He's unicorn level talent as far as the defense goes, and any extra offense you get from him is a complete
0: bonus. Yeah, he can be a difference maker. Is why there was that great debate last year, and we talked about analytics earlier. And the analytics coming out with uh, Rob Williams versus Marcus Smart for defensive player of the year, and who <clears throat> Marcus Smart wins defensive player of the year. But there's a large portion of Celtics fan base that says, "Wait, he's the NBA defensive player of the year. He's not even the Celtics defensive player of the year. That would be yeah. Rob Williams." Um, which, exactly. Who, who cares? In a sense. Well, Marcus cares because he bought a robe that says D-P-O-Y and calls himself the D-P-O-Y. But beyond that. I, wouldn't you? Wouldn't you if you were? That's a rhetorical question, right? Like, you don't yeah. really wonder if I would promote myself because I, mean, <laughs> I know if you've looked around, you look left, you look right, you look behind you. If, if we don't promote ourselves, who's yeah. going to promote us? <laughs> Precisely. Um, so, yeah, Rob Williams is a key part of it. Brogdon is a key part of it. You know he was effective uh, distributing the ball, and they're you know getting the assists that they needed last night. Like they have a fun, deep team. Like they they feel when healthy like a championship team, right? Like you're never gonna say Grant Williams is great, but Grant Williams feels like a really good player on a championship team. Like role play, he is yeah. a role player. So they feel like they are built like a championship team. I don't know if we've answered questions about coaching. Like, I still think that's that's a that's a, a question legitimately down the road. If you get in a series with Spolstra, do you get pantsed, Joe Missoula? Do you just do they have just a massive coaching advantage? How do you handle it? You know, his whole his coaching style, which early on has included, and everybody questions this, the lack of timeouts. He's not a timeout guy. If there's a run, good or bad, like he's just going to let it play out. You're oh, you gave up 12, you're on a 12-0 run allowed. You better dig yourself out of it cuz I'm not going to protect you with a with a quick timeout. So and, and I'm not saying that's wrong. Like it's different. It feels different at all levels of basketball. Like one of the most cliché things in basketball, give me the quick 20, right? Like you stop the momentum. He doesn't do that. Okay, but I'd like to see work, but where it goes. does that work though? Don't you think like it the, has the, so I far? Love a quick twenty, uh, the, the quick twenty works. But guess what? You know what else has worked? His not taking a quick twenty has worked for them. And I'm intrigued mm-hmm. to see what he, what else he has. Like he, I was listening to him the other night after the game, and he, his whole theory, like just, it's a simple theory. Like, yeah, you can be playing well and losing. You can be playing poorly and winning. Like he he definitely believes in sort of the ebbs and flows of a basketball game, and I you and I Belichick have talked about got to him. <laughs> no, yeah, it, it like the whole thing in camp. Like you guys think it's a good play, but really it's a bad play, and there's enough going bad on that play that eventually it's going to turn out bad, and the result will be bad. Like yeah, there was a little bit of that the other night in his post game remarks, but we also need to remember that he's a 34 year old first time head coach who has inherited a great basketball team, and there's in some ways. Not a lot of pressure because, yeah, you roll the ball out every night and you say, hey, Tatum, you score 36. Hey, Brown, how about you give me 28 tonight? Hey, Time Lord, why don't you give me like a double double, right? Like there's value in that, but there's also expectation. This team has only one place it can go for success this year. Only one place. If it does not raise a banner, it's yep. a disappointing, underachieving year. If they, if they, I was going to say that one
1: place is Mass Ave on a duck boat. Right. That's exactly where they need to go. Like and I know Celtics some people fans. be like, that's
0: no fair. No, no, no. No, no, no. They're a young team that's ascending, so there's no reason to regress. There's, They're a young team that added talent, Brogdon, right? They're better. Yep. Well, and. Ari too. Nice to hear that he well, was starting to actually get out on the court
1: with his repaired ACL and shoot a little bit again, but yeah, it'll be I, a while.
0: I would not count on that you know, being any sort of contribution at any point. But you have Brogdon. He is an addition. He's an all star addition. He's a starter who doesn't start. You went to the NBA Finals, right? Mm-hmm. So now win it. Like, there's no other option for you. You can't say, well, we peaked and, and our stars got old. No, your stars are in their prime. They're hitting their prime. There is no reason to expect anything other than the NBA title this year.
1: Yeah, interesting also to note that in addition to Joe Mazzula having some sort of eye irritation and not being able to coach last night, thereby Damon Stoudemire finding out a few minutes before the game, like, hey, uh, you're coaching tonight. Like, I am? Okay. Did just fine missoula they are not removing the interim tag off of him this year I'm so fine he's basically auditioning for his job i'm fine with that i think that's so good
0: 100 why like, why would you necessarily be like hey here's a three-year contract right, we're play. gonna give him the charlie weiss extension oh you had a pretty good year so we're gonna pay you forever no Mm-mm. earn your damn contract earn your role prove yourself you've proven nothing yet just like your team has proven nothing exactly no one gives a rat's katukis if you're 25 and 10 you think anybody's ever gonna be like no, I know they lost in the first round in the playoffs, but do you remember in December they were twenty-five and ten? Like no one's ever going to. Re- people forget the minor stuff. People forget. Halfway this was a point terrible of the season, champions. Right? For, people forget they were a terrible team last year. At yeah. this point, terrible, unwatchable. My entertainment rule: they did not meet my challenge last year in December. They were an unwatchable basketball team.
1: I remember on a Saturday, as a matter of fact, the first time you ever broke out the Andy Hart entertainment sports principle and said, I'm not watching the Celtics right now. (laughs) And fortunately, we didn't have to talk much about them because they were kind of irrelevant a year ago and we were talking Patriots. But you broke that principle out. And only after they finally turned things around in mid to late January did they factor back into the equation. And I am a full subscriber To said principal, I'm glad I'm still on the trial plan. I don't want to have to pay full price. Thanks, Andy. Back to the phones we go. Brad's in Warwick, Rhode Island.
0: Yeah, Joe was chewing out of his... They were just potty mouth Celtics. That's the one thing they need to clean up. Children? What am I to tell the children about their heroes? Brad is in Warwick,
1: Rhode Island. He wants to talk a little Celtics. How are you, Brad?
3: I'm good. How are you guys this morning? Super. (laughs) Nice. So listen, the credit for the Celtics' success, it starts at the top. Wick Grossbeck, getting rid of Danny Ainge, sticking with Brad Stevens, understanding, building a team, what that means. Forget the block, trying to win blockbuster trades and bring in big free agents. All the core of uh, the team was all through the draft now and wasting time with that. The big team building now, if you look at all, all the teams in the NBA that are trying to come up, they're stockpiling draft picks. They're trying to build with young talent through the draft. That's just how it goes now.
0: Right. It was the it was the warrior way for a while, kind of building, drafting, and then adding to. Now it feels like it could be kind of become the Celtic way of doing business if they can finish this step and win a couple titles in the next few years. 100%. Well, it's
3: becoming the way. You look at mm-hmm. Oklahoma City, Orlando, Houston, even Ainge is trying to do it now in Utah. They're oh, getting yeah. as much draft capital as they can for their free agents who weren't working out together. And th- the days of trading for the blockbuster max free agent are over. For a while you had to do that because of LeBron changing the balance of power in the league hopping around if you wanted to compete with him. But that's not that's not how it's going to go anymore. It's proven that that doesn't work long term. Right, because and you're that's not why. Gonna build- that's
0: Correct. why it's changed is because the Nets have failed and teams like that have failed. That's why you are seeing people look in a different direction. But guess what? If the Celtics fail and some of these young teams even fail to get to Celtics level by drafting and assets, the pendulum will swing back the other way and people will look for the easy way out, which is make a trade for a a superstar.
3: Well, you have to be able to identify talent. That's the caveat. I mean, -hmm. Philly tried it. They were actually ahead of the curve. They were just horrible at identifying and developing talent. and So that blew up in their face. Right. Anyway, it starts at the top, guys. That's my take.
1: Thanks, Brad. Good take, Brad. Thanks very much. 617-779-7937 if you want to jump in on Brad's line right there. Yeah, we were told to pro- trust the process for so long, and they identif- obviously, like, in Philadelphia, they nailed some talent, Andy, because Embiid is a, you know, a generational talent. The guy can do everything. He's amazing. Can't stay healthy for a full season. Can't win. He's awesome. And then Ben Simmons basically grabbed the uh, process, if you will, uh, watered it up and threw it in the toilet underneath his us. Yes, because he was sad
0: because he was soft and sad and can't shoot from under the basket no
1: he no he can't really can't shoot from anywhere on a basketball court which seems flawed you probably could have disclaimed that with you didn't even have to qualify that he just can't shoot like isn't that amazing he's got one job he's a basketball player he's a long lean basketball player who should be the next magic johnson and he cannot score the basket from
0: anywhere it it Cause I always yell at my kids and his friends, like when they say this guy sucks, and I'm like, you know, he was the best player that ever came out of his high school, his college, right? Like when you reach the pro level, you're elite. But Ben Simmons is the counter example to that. He made it to the pros without being able to fulfill, which is what is generally seen as the basic requirement of doing the job, like putting the ball mm-hmm. in the basket, scoring, <laughs> right? shooting. Like it, it, it really pros. is amazing that. And not only did he reach it, I mean he's he's a star based on his contract. Now the star is fading a little bit here, of late.
1: Uh, you could you could say that as well. And as far as it goes to stockpiling draft picks as well, you have to you have to be able to move those draft picks. I wonder if Danny Ainge, in his sort of like blowing up and rebuilding of Utah, coming out of his Celtics experience, will have taught him anything. Because I feel like a million different times, sure he's he largely the architect of this team now that is winning games hand over fist and is considered an yeah. NBA Finals talent. But weren't there a couple of times where like in the middle of the season you wanted him to pull the trigger, like, come on, Danny, they need another wing. Like, come on, get us a, get us a bench score. Sure. Like, get us a marksman. Get us a sharpshooter. Get us another big. And he just kept holding on to all those draft picks so we could ultimately have Neesmith and Romeo Langford, who did a whole
0: lot of nothing except ultimately, you know, net us Derek White. Yeah, no, there were definitely times where people thought he was worried about winning the trade or overvaluing his assets and his picks. But in the end, you do have to give him basically full credit for this roster. I mean, when you look at the—I know not Derek White and I know not Brogdon, some of the things they've Mm -hmm. done of late, but the top four—using our little game from earlier, if you had to rank your top four players heading into the season for purposes Mm -hmm. of sitting out and matching the other team— the top players are Danny Ainge draft picks. Smart, Brown, Tatum, Williams. Your top four. The core you are building around are Danny Ainge draft picks, right? Like, yep. so you have to give him credit for that. He is the, he built the foundation of what should be. A Boston Celtics title team at some point,
1: kind of like Buck Walter and Stick Michael should have gotten a seat on the duck boats for the Yankees when they won in 1996, or Dan Duquette should have been given an honorary World Series ring in 2004, for or Bill lo-
0: Parcells with the early Patriots teams yes. that were largely Thank- his draft picks, his groceries. Like, yes, it is part of sports. It is like there, even when people blow it up, it it's almost never a true blow it up where there's nothing left and you start totally from scratch. So if you have success, you probably do owe something to your predecessor. Now, I'm not sure the Broncos will owe much to Nathaniel Hackett if they ever turn things around and win. That may, that may be a counter I had no idea you were
1: trying out a tight five <laughs> doing stand-up. The Broncos, <laughs> the Broncos winning and getting back to the playoffs. Hey, That's, you never know. Although they do believe in dangerous, which can be a dangerous proposition, they say he's fixable for next season. We'll see. And who potentially could be his coach? We will get to that a little bit later in the show. But when we come back, speaking of getting blown up, I'm sure the brass is going to blow me up for... Uh, being a little bit late going and into what are the you break. Doing? When we come back, your Fenway frustrations. Nathan Evaldi, gone. Rich Hill, gone. Joining Xander, joining Vasquez. So many Red Sox making their way out of Fenway. Who the hell is going to play for your team next year? And are they going to validate the highest prices in baseball? We'll discuss in hour number two of Fitz and Heart here, Middays, WEI.